welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. I was doing some reminiscing. Anyone ever have moments of nostalgia? And you go back, you go back to certain moments. You're like, oh, I remember that time. I remember that time. I was going through um, this last week, um, just, just just a bit of a moment. And I've got three beautiful daughters there at the back doing some colouring in at the moment. Um, but I remember it just feel the other day where my firstborn came into the world. It just feels like the other day. Any parents, can you identify with what I'm saying right there? It just seems like the other day. It's such a memorable moment when, when I was there in the hospital. And even in the days leading up to, the months leading up to uh, my firstborn Grace's um, entry into the world, I, uh, I was so excited. And Kylie and I, like, we were the best parents ever. And we weren't even parents yet. And, the, and now I just realise I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. And I've been a parent for like nine years. But in looking over some photos, I, I, I came across this one here, and that, that is my wife, in case you were wondering, that's my wonderful wife, Kylie, and I would talk on daughter Grace, I'd talk to her, I'd listen to her, I'd read the Bible to her just as she was coming into the world, and I had it all mapped out, like I was going to be the best dad ever, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Ah, oh, lo and behold, I still have no clue. And, but what I, didn't, what I didn't really know... Um, was the sacrifice involved. I'd been told about the sacrifice. I'd been told, oh, get used to your sleep because you're not going to get that again quite the same. Whoever told me that, thank you. <laughs> uh, but even in the leads up to watching my wife and, and in many senses feeling kind of helpless because you mothers are amazing how you carry living, growing beings for a number of months and then and then this 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 moment where the baby comes i'm like that was that was one of the traumatic experiences of my life <laughs> and, and i just didn't know what to do oh, i don't know how to go through this what am i supposed to do oh, quick someone give me the gas <laughs> but i tell you what after grace came into the world uh, it, all of that all of that trauma kind of disappears my grace is now nine and a half, going on 39 and a half. She knows everything, right? Um, but I remember after every um, time my three daughters entered into the world, just beholding, and we had communion together um, just there. And it's like, it's like all that, all the pain kind of disappeared. Like that was a 24-hour labour experience for my wife Kylie it got it got pretty bad she was almost rushed to emergency but that kind of pales into insignificance when you think now about wow any parents identify with that like and Kylie would do it again and again and for, 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 for any of our daughters now for those of us that don't have the opportunity to give birth <laughs> me, myself included, our experience of what it is to endure and go through hardship like that might look a different way. I mean, to a lesser extent, for some of us, you know what it is. For those that have tried really hard to pursue a goal, you are perhaps uh, working two or three jobs to save for something or provide for your family. 
you are working towards something, perhaps for those that are studying, you, you know, overloading at university or studying, you're working so hard because you're looking at an end goal. There's something else in mind. It's like you have a picture of the future that is moving you forward and it's, it's, it's as though it's worth it. It's worth it. For whatever it is, there is a cost that has to be paid. And what gets us through is this idea of what's on the other side. What's a picture of your future that instills hope in you? What is it in your life right now that there is a picture that is moving you forward in the realm of hope and even joy? We all have something. And it's, it's a terrible thing to feel hopeless, to feel like you have no hope. What, what, what is it hope? Hope can be defined as a desire or an expectation of an outcome or something in the future. It, it, it may be described as something emotional that our soul connects with. For some, it's, it's more of a, a, a state of thinking that we put hope in something or particularly hope in someone. I want to turn our attention, if I can, to Matthew's Gospel. In Matthew chapter 26, we're going to read from verse 36 to 46, the New Living Translation. It should be up on the screens. Matthew 26 and verse 36 to 46. It says this. This is just before Jesus was put on a cross, just before he died for us. He kind of knew what was happening. He, he knew what was going to come. And for those of us who think, oh, it's, so, it's a lot easier because he was God, Philippians tells us that he emptied himself. That word can be described as kenosis, an emptying of oneself. He became nothing. He became he let go of all of his rights to be God. He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he came human. He still learned. He grew. He experienced like you and I. And it says this, as he's praying before he knew what was about to happen, it says, then Jesus went with them, who were them, the disciples. These are his closest friends. He called them friends. Living, breathing, eating, sleeping with these guys for three, three and a half years. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and I pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Let's pause that for a second. It wasn't just that he was sorrowful because he was going to die. He was sorrowful even to death. And going a little further, it says, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, saying this, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping, catching Z's. So Jesus, in his moment of desperation, he's feeling sorrowful like he's going to die. That's how much pain he was in. Where were his good, close friends? Snoring in the garden. He said to Peter, so 
Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is weak. Again, for the second time he went away and he prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and he prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and he said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus didn't want to die. He, did, he, didn't, he didn't want that. He asked of his Father in his natural human state, in his vulnerability, he was open with his Father. He didn't want, and he said, please, Lord, can you just take this cup from me? This is too much. And I want, to, I want to pose something this morning to us. that I get that we often think about the physical torment involved with the crown of thorns and the whipping and the ripping of the beard. I mean, that's, that's terrible. But it was more than that. In fact, I think the greater pain that he experienced was, was a psychological pain. It was a sorrow. It wasn't just the fear of dying physically. He had the weight of the world on his shoulders. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he was in such great anguish because he was right at that point. He's starting to take on the shame and the guilt, the feeling. Just imagine what it feels like when you struggle with sin, how you feel. He was taking that upon himself in the lead up to the cross. And he literally had the weight of the world on his shoulders. The sins of all humanity he was carrying in that moment. So sorrowful. It actually says in Luke chapter 22, Luke, by the way, who is a physician, describes how he was sweating droplets of blood. That actually can happen. Hematidrosis, I think, is what it's called. Where when you're in such pain and agony, the blood vessels around the pores where you sweat can contract at such a point that the blood can seep through into the perspiration and come through our sweat. And so Jesus was under an immense amount of sorrow for us. I don't know how you've come in this morning. Whether you've come in, someone's dragged you, you've seen a website, an invitation on Facebook, whatever it is, and maybe part of you is you feel like you're condemning yourself, that you don't deserve to be here, that you feel ashamed of what you're doing or how you're living. I want you to know something. Jesus took that on for a reason so that we wouldn't have to. We celebrate the crucifixion and also, spoiler alert, the resurrection we celebrate this whole weekend because of what he has done for us. He has taken our place. Let's go back to that, that idea about how did, how did, what was carrying him through all of that, that trauma, the trial that he was experiencing. What was that? 
What was able to propel him forward to be able to carry all of that? Well, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Let's check that one out. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm just going to read verse 2 verses here. Verse 1 is a nice cruisy verse that we've, we've heard about, we've talked about before. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every white every weight, excuse me, and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here's an important verse, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, which means that our faith was begun with and in him and it was completed in and with him. If you're struggling in faith this morning, rest in the faith of Jesus. When we are faithless, he is faithful. If you're ever, if you're ever struggling, trust Jesus. I don't have faith, but I trust in your faith. He's the author and the completer of our faith. He goes on to say this. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Let's sit on this for a second. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. So, mums out there, how can you carry your beautiful children the way that you do for nine-ish months and then bring that beautiful baby into the world because you consider the joy that is set before you you know that you're going to be able to hold this amazing bundle of life in your arms how is it that we can move ahead and push through what we consider what's on the other side right so Jesus yet for the joy that was set before him he endured he endured so here we see a a hope that he has. Jesus was looking forward. He had hope in, in, in what was going to happen. He believed in the resurrection. He believed his father wouldn't leave him and that wouldn't leave him in the grave. What was that hope? Well, the hope was he, we can read a little bit later, it says that he was at the right hand of the father, that he would enjoy sweet relationship with his father, unhindered at the father's right hand. So there was a sense of exaltation, John 17 tells us this, that his hope was that he would be exalted to the right hand of the Father, sharing in the glory and then the glory that he has sharing in with us. So the joy that was set before him was to be with his Father at his right hand, but also for us to share in that with him. We were part of that joy that was set before him. He had hope to share in this joy and that's what helped him. That's what moved in him beyond faith and trust. He had a hope. I can endure. I will endure. Despising the shame. Despising it. He despised it. He hated it. He knew what the cross meant. Do you know the crucifixion? It was a horrible open shame for people. In fact, Romans... The, the, the Roman people, they did not allow their citizens to be crucified. That's how humiliating it was. For the Jewish people, it was terrible. It says for those that were hung on a tree, they would be cursed. Not, not, and, and not that they would have a curse on them, they would become cursed. 
they themselves would be cursed. He that would hang on a tree. So for Christ Jesus, he despised the shame. The shame. He hated that. And it's okay. In, for those of you that are here today, be real with your struggle. It's okay. There are things in your life, be real. Jesus, he, he despised the shame. He hated that. But for the joy set before him, he endured that endurance, that endurance. And now he's in a place of honor. Now he's at the right hand of the Father. We worship a risen Lord. He's not a defeated one. He's conquered sin and Satan and hell and death. And he's victorious. That's the beauty of the He's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. But let's never underestimate what he went through. How hard it would have been. Even his best friends had fallen asleep while he needed them. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt abandoned? Have you ever felt like you're in a state of despair? Jesus knows. Jesus knows exactly what that feels like. And that's one of the critical things for me. At any time you're feeling low or I'm feeling low, hey, hang on, I, I worship a God who can identify with with what that feels like. Thomas Fuller, a few hundred years ago, came out with this quote. You maybe have heard it in a song or a movie, and I'm not here to talk about the science, the scientific background of how true it is or not, but he said this, that it is always darkest before the dawn. It's always darkest before the dawn. The dawn is not the sunrise. The dawn is when... Just a, little bit of, just a little bit of light, just you can see pop up into the sky. And what Fuller posits is that in life, don't give up when it's really dark. Because Jesus is with you. Do you know that God does some of his best work in the darkness? You know, grace grows best in winter. <laughs> I know we like to sing about the spring times and the summer times and the daffodils and the heavenly scented marigolds. and It's beautiful. Oh, it's lovely. But God works in winter when it's dark. Think about the journey of the cross. Think about the crushing that Jesus endured. What was happening there? There was a fragrance going to his father. Think about Joseph when he was thrown in prison. God was working with him. Think about David in the cave of Adullam. An incredible leader was emerging. God does some of his finest work in the darkness. So never underestimate, even if this morning you're in a dark place, he's with you and he's up to something. And so the story of the cross is a victorious one. God never left him. God was always with him. He was saving humanity. There was a plan of redemption. As I finish, I just want to read from the message version now. What does that mean for us? The message version, if we can go from verse 2 and verse 3. 
the writer says this, study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, talking about Jesus, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour right alongside God. Verse 3. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, maybe that's you today. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he ploughed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. How good is that? This morning we're going to have a time of communion. And we're going to reflect on what Jesus has gone through. We're going to reflect and consider the price that he paid for us. But also we're going to spend some time reflecting on what that means for us. What that means for us day to day, living in and living out. Because it's not just crucifixion power we live in, it's resurrection power. And Christ is constantly calling for us to participate, to partner with his life and let his life be lived through our life. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.